Did you attend the 2023 Al-Anon International Convention? What was your experience there? Welcome to episode 404 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Sylvia, Julie, Megan, Jeff, Mary, Ted, and Judith. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Sylvia, Julie, Megan, Jeff, Mary, Ted, and Judith for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we would like to state that in this show we represent ourselves rather than any 12-step program. During this show, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer and I am your host today. Heather sent us a voice share. Hey there, Spencer. This is Heather C. from Southern California, and it was so great meeting you at the International Convention. So wonderful spending time with you, even though it was brief. And that's actually what sticks out from my whole experience at the convention. I went there with only a couple of key things that I really wanted to get out of the weekend. Yes, highlight, hashtag, unrealistic expectations here. I thought that they were realistic. One of the things that I wanted to do was meet up with you and share my milestones. And so that felt realistic. And in my mind, I saw exactly how it was going to go down. Of course, now I know that things don't work out the way that we think that they're going to work out. And what I got from that weekend is that's okay. I really was able to surrender to how I thought things were going to happen at every step of the way during that weekend. When it came to meeting you, you and I had set up a time we were going to meet and inevitably just as I'm about to start talking to you, someone else jumped in. And uh, in my mind, I saw her taking my time with you. And I come from growing up in the family disease of alcoholism. And th- there's a sense of lack when we grow up with this disease. There's a lot of victimhood. This didn't happen the way that it should for me. This didn't happen the way that I wanted it to, and it took away from my experience. What I've learned in program is everything is truly happening for me, for my benefit. And as I stood there and I listened to this person speak, a person that I actually knew and loved, I watched and I had this moment of grace come over me and I said, you know what? I have enough. I will be just fine. And I was able to really pour my love into her and see maybe she needed to speak. Maybe she needed that attention more than I did. But it felt so good that I could really just let go of that and let go of any bitterness or um, any true victimhood or lack that I might have felt pre-program. Um, and the truth is that you and I had time together and it was a beautiful thing, exactly what I would have wanted. No regrets there and a real huge learning experience for me. And I was able, that was early in the weekend. And so I was able to keep that momentum of thought of just surrendering to whatever is 
all throughout. I had lined up all of the different sessions that I wanted to attend. And honestly, I just went with the flow because there were so many people there attending so many of the sessions. Frequently, I got there late, the door was already closed. And inevitably, wherever I landed was exactly where I needed to be. I landed in one impromptu session just next door to the session. Then those of us who couldn't make it into that session, we had the most beautiful impromptu session. It was reading a book. Uh, we passed around the book. We shared just like a, we had a mini meeting. And I met some people there that I came back home and have developed relationships with. It was beautiful. I heard one of the speakers talking about his amends with his father in another session. I went into this weekend having a major situation with my mother, who is one of my loved ones, and everything that he said truly spoke to me. I didn't go into the weekend thinking that I was going to hear any solutions about what I needed to come home with to interface with my mom again. And sure enough, that last speaker, Carrie from Arizona, oh my gosh, it was amazing. And she hit exactly what I needed. And when I'm able to just go with the flow and know that I am supported and protected by my higher power, I get exactly the messages that I need in the time that I need them. And when I came home from the convention, that's exactly what I did. I worked with my sponsor and I worked out my amends that I needed to do with my mom for my part. Because that's actually what I heard in that last speaker, Carrie. The amends that I do is not to maybe heal a relationship. It may or may not happen. But that amends is something that I need to do because it's an esteemable act. And it tells me that's something that I can love within myself. I can give myself that grace. All in all, amazing convention. Again, so great to meet you. And thanks again for letting me share. And thanks for all of the service that you do with the recovery show. Thank you, Heather, for that share. And yes, it was wonderful to meet you and to Spend a little bit of time recording your milestones, which we shared in episode 400 about milestones. Got an email from Rachel who writes, Hi, Spencer. I met you briefly at the party on the plaza. I was the one who fangirled over you while you and your wife ate hot dogs standing up. I told you, and I meant it, that your voice in my ear for the first eight months or so, I came into the program almost five years ago, coinciding with my then 17-year-old going into treatment, saved me. We talked for a moment about my impressions of the Thursday event, which I, by happenstance, really my higher power, arranged for me to attend. You asked me something like how I thought it was going to affect my service, and then I had to go. I didn't have an answer, though I hadn't been thinking about it that way either. Your question has stuck with me. I'd say it haunted me, but not in a bad way, more like it whispers to me. Life got busy, and I had meant to reach out and thank you again, and now it's the end of October. Well, and now it's the middle of December as I'm recording this. So here's my short answer. I started reading the service manual. I made a point at the convention to meet some of the longtime people involved in my area. When asked if I would be part of the skit for our area convention weeks after international, I said yes. It was frustrating, and we had so much fun and brought laughter to so many people. At my home group, I am the secretary currently. Since the meeting had been in person less than a year, Several months ago, there was a group conscience decision to retain the positions for the new panel. 
After convention, I had feelings about rotation of service and being stuck where I wanted to change and grow. I started attending our district meetings so I could see what district position I might be interested in the new panel. I realized that over the last year of getting busier at the group level and going to the area conventions, I had friends. I really had no girlfriends or social life for such a long time, so why would I not do more service for the right reasons? So after praying and listening and speaking to my sponsor, I told our current group representative, also known as GR, that I'd like to move to alternative GR, since we don't have one now, for the next panel and welcome someone else to take up secretary. In my district, there are some open positions currently. People are not jumping at the opportunity to step in. I'm a really good researcher and could not find a clear answer on our district side of what all the positions were. When I asked what was available, I kept getting an answer telling me who was doing it now and that they wanted to keep it and then suggesting the current open position. I really didn't want to be the one to say, aren't there elections for the next panel? I did say it is very confusing for someone who is new to service at this level to not find information and then be told the position isn't available because someone has already expressed interest in it. Thankfully, that opened up a dialogue about changing the way they communicate about it and holding elections. Listen, I used to be Miss Bossy Pants, so I didn't want to come in and boss and act like I know everything when I don't. And now I need to really read Robert's Rules of Order. Anywho, as I have heard so many times in the last year, when you step up to do alt-anything, so often one finds themselves stepping into the main role. So it is with me. The group representative of my group needs to step down for health reasons and asked if I'd step up now. Tomorrow I'm going to my first assembly, and it's the voting and transition one, and I'll be sitting at a table with brothers and sisters who are becoming my family. Yours in service, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel, for writing. Uh, I do remember that conversation, and I do remember asking you, how is this going to affect your service? And clearly it affected your service deeply, just because things happened such that you attended that day of service that you hadn't actually known was going to happen. So that's pretty cool. Those were the two responses that I got to my request for experience about attending the convention. I guess it's time for me to share my experience. What did I expect from the international convention? I had some, maybe some expectations, but I had never been to an Aladon convention, and I had never been to one of this size. I've been to a couple of AA conventions in the area, and I was a speaker at an AA convention earlier this year, but never been to an Al-Anon convention. I've never been to one that had thousands of attendees. But I expected there would be some workshops. I expected there would be speakers. I expected that I would be able to have conversations with other members of the Al-Anon community in recovery. I might be able to meet some of you, some listeners to the podcast, and I had hoped to be able to record your impression of the convention at the convention. Okay, we'll see how that worked out. What did I want to take home from the convention? Like, why was I going besides having all this fellowship with thousands of other Elanons, which in itself is an awesome thing? I wanted to take home a deepening of my own recovery to hear about different experiences in recovery, different ways of approaching recovery. And maybe I would get some new podcast guests out of it and maybe some listeners. That was all I really had as far as expectations. I also expected since we were going to 
Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I had never been there. And my wife was coming with me that we would have, we would make some time. We did make some time before and after the convention to do a little sightseeing, being a tourist. What was it like when I actually got there? I will say it was somewhat overwhelming. Everything was bigger and busier than I had thought it would be. Just finding where things were and what was happening was somewhat of a chore. Not a chore. It was an adventure. It was confusing at times, frustrating at times. Where is this room? Is there space in this room? So overwhelming. Too much to do. Oh my God, there were so many workshops. Like any given time of day, there were at least two and probably more workshops that I wanted to attend and I needed to make a choice. Sometimes, as you'll hear, that choice was made for me. And as you heard from Heather, I think she she also talked about that. Too much to do, not enough time. As I said, my wife was with me, and she does not have the same amount of energy that I do, and she particularly does not have the same amount of energy to be with lots of people. And so that had an impact on my schedule. We had gotten a hotel room that was about a 15-minute drive away from the convention center, which meant that if my wife wanted to go back and rest for maybe the afternoon, we had to go get in the car, drive there, drive back, find a place to park, come back in. And that took a lot more than 15 minutes or even twice 15 minutes. So there was a lot of um, acceptance, attitude of acceptance, or as Heather put it, surrender, surrendering to the needs of everything that was going on, the things that I had to do to make it work. All of the workshops that I made it to, workshops, presentations, forums, whatever you wanted to call them, all of them were really good. Uh, I really had to say that the people who put the program together found great speakers and workshop leaders. There was one workshop that I went to, which was studying one of the chapters in the Intimacy in Alcoholic Relationships. Apparently, the person who was supposed to lead that particular workshop didn't show up. I don't know. But somebody else stepped up and said, okay, here's how we do this particular thing. We read from the chapter and then we share about it. So it turned into really more an Al-Anon meeting. It was relatively small crowd in there. I mean, maybe 100 people, okay, relatively compared to some of the other rooms. Uh, they did limit the size of each of the workshops according to the room that it was in. The Albuquerque Fire Marshal required that everybody who was attending any particular workshop or meeting had to have a chair. So if there were no chairs available in the room, you couldn't go in. But we ran into that for a few of the workshops or presentations that we wanted to go to. It was already full. So we, we had to find another one. But like I said, none of them were bad. They were all good. So it really didn't matter. Maybe I didn't get my first choice, but I got my second choice or my third choice. And the third choice was great. A little bit of a frustration. It was held in the convention center, which is in downtown Albuquerque. And most of the restaurants in downtown were not open on the weekend. So finding food on Saturday in particular was difficult. I think knowing that now at the next convention, I might plan to bring food with me for lunch in particular. 
although even in the evening, there's a, a certain amount of time between the end of the afternoon workshops and the evening speakers. We actually found a restaurant nearby that was open Saturday evening, made reservations. But for whatever reason, they were very slow. So we were late getting to the evening speakers. Some planning there on our part could have made that work a little better. The things that stood out for me, um, besides meeting you, some of you, that was wonderful. There was the ad hoc, sort of ad hoc meeting. I, I don't know if it was supposed to be like that, but that's what it turned into on, on one of the chapters from that book, Intimacy and Alcoholic Relationships. That was really good. There was some really heartfelt and deep sharing in that meeting. I obviously can't talk about any of the details because it was a meeting. There was a session about sponsorship where three people shared on their experience with and approach to being a sponsor. I took away some ideas about ways of being a sponsor. In particular, one person spoke about the requirements that she set on people who wanted her to sponsor them. I really took that with me, and not exactly the requirements that she put, but to think about when somebody asked me if I can sponsor them, what would I require of them? And that came up because somebody asked me to sponsor them in the fall, and I said, here are the things that I would require from you if we're going to do this. Some of those were not things that the person had in mind when they asked, but they said yes, and it's been a good thing so far. The speakers, all of the speakers, particularly the evening speakers and the speakers on Friday morning at the beginning of the conference, all of the speakers were really good. And as Heather said, the last speaker on Sunday, Carrie from Arizona, just tore my heart out. I realized partway through her talk that I had actually heard her talk on a, a tape, an MP3 from the internet but we could still call it tape, I guess. The fact that I actually knew her story did not lessen the impact of her talk at all. I was definitely had tears running down my face at the end. Happy tears for the most part, but still just very emotional. All of the speakers were great. I think I mentioned that already, but meeting some of you was one of the high points of the weekend. What did I bring away from the conference? Well, you know, that's a good question. I talked about bringing home some new ideas about sponsorship. I don't take good notes. I let things soak into my head and then they mix up. And I know that experiences from the convention come up as things happen in life, as I encounter different recovery topics. But I can't really list them out in a bullet list. And like maybe taking better notes would have helped with that. I don't know. I think the most important thing I brought away is just a deeper understanding of all of the diversity of recovery experience of people who are all over this country, all over the world, who are all recovering in their own way, and that we share that experience of recovery with each other. Would I go again? I would in a moment. I don't know yet where the next convention is. They told us at the end of this one that the location for the 2028 Elmon International Convention would be announced at 
the 2025 AA International Convention, which is taking place in Vancouver, Canada. I'm looking forward to that. As you may know, my wife and I had planned to attend the 2020 International Convention in Detroit, which is about 45 minutes from home. And then COVID happened. So I'm looking forward to 2025 in Vancouver, Canada. I've been to Vancouver for my cousin's wedding. It's a beautiful city. I'm looking forward to going back. Maybe I'll see some of you there. Anyway, that's three different experiences of the 2023 Al-Anon International Convention. And I am going to close this episode with that. I have one song to share, which really, in a sense, captures the experience of being together with so many people all focused on Al-Anon recovery. It's a song by the Beatles titled, All You Need Is Love. There's a couple of verses that I think speak to me. Nothing you can make that can't be made. Nothing you can save that can't be saved. Nothing you can do, but you can learn how to be you in time. It's easy. All you need is love. And then later, nothing you can know that isn't known. Nothing you can see that isn't shown. Nowhere you can be that isn't where you're meant to be. It's easy. All you need is love. And those two longer lines really speak to me about recovery. Nothing you can do, but you can learn how to be you in time. Wow. Nothing I can do, but I can learn how to be me. And that is something that this recovery program has given to me, is learning how to be me in time. And nowhere I can be that isn't where I'm meant to be. Again, reflecting both mine and Heather's experience that she expressed of I wanted to go to that workshop, but it, you know what? It was full, and so I went to another one, and that turns out that was exactly where I was meant to be. It's easy. All you need is love. Thank you for listening. Please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. We did not talk about a problem you are facing today. Feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding love and peace growing you one day at a time.